Welcome to PQ Beat, the official podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. On the special edition of PQ Beat, we listen in to the Parksville City Council candidates and two mayoralty candidates vying for votes, presenting their views on major issues during an all-candidates debate at Winchelsea Place October 4th, sponsored by the Parksville Chamber of Commerce. Ed Main and Doug O'Brien have put their names forward for mayor of Parksville in the October 15th municipal election. The councillor candidates are Karen Bedell, Frank Bailey, Mary Beal, Lucky Butterworth, Adam Frass, Amit Gower, Joel Grenz, Mike Kelly, Jeet Mann, Sylvia Martin, Paula Miles, Teresa Patterson, Michael Peterson, Marilyn Wilson, and Sean Wood. The host was Jean Maltison. My name is Jeannie Maltison, and I'm going to be guiding this evening. We have a lot of candidates you can see, so it's going to be interesting to see how we get through all the questions tonight. I'm here on behalf of the Park School and District Chamber of Commerce, who organized this event tonight. The Chamber of Commerce and its members are an essential part of the community and contribute in many ways. In addition to hosting all candidate meetings for federal, provincial, and municipal elections, they also sponsor events like Canada Day and Craig Street Market. They support a number of charitable projects in the community, and they advocate for policy change that supports business and our communities. On behalf of the Park School and District Chamber of Commerce, we would like to give a special thank you to all these candidates here for putting their names forward to serve their community. So please thank them. So I'm now going to just introduce all the candidates here. I'm just going to start on my left, far side of the table here. This is Paula Miles for Councillor, Frank Bailey for Councillor, Mary Beal for Councillor, Lucky Butterworth, Councillor, Annette Brewer, Councillor, Joel Grenz, Councillor, Mike Kelly, Councillor, Ed Main, Mayor, Doug O'Brien, Mayor, Sylvia Martin, Councillor, Karen Bedell, Councillor, Teresa Patterson, Councillor, Marilyn Wilson, Councillor, and Sean Wood, Councillor. Thanks for coming, everyone. Yeah. And we had a couple of people not able to attend tonight. So the way this is going to work tonight is the candidates are going to be given three minutes to introduce themselves, and then we're going to get right into the questions. The questions come from the chamber as well as the audience. So we put a few questions in there just to make sure we had some, but I think there's a lot of questions here, so we'll be just fine. Questions will be directed to the candidate named on the question, and the candidates will have one minute to respond. Candidates have been given three tokens each, and if they wish to respond to a question, not directed to them, they can spend a token, and they will also be given one minute to respond. Timing is provided by the Arbutus Toastmasters Club here with Matt Breedlove. Matt's controlling the timing, and basically the candidates will be given warnings with the yellow light, and at the red light, we start clapping to end the talking. We'll end the questions at 8.45 and allow the candidates one minute to do closing remarks. All questions from the audience must be written. Please refrain from shouting comments or being disrespectful in any way. We're proud of the people who put their names forward. 
Speaking order has been determined by the candidates drawing numbers out of a hat. On to the opening statements. We are going to start with, according to the drawing of the numbers, Frank Bailey. And Frank Bailey will have exactly three minutes to introduce himself. Good evening. My name is Frank Bailey, and I want to thank you for investing your time in our community's future by being here tonight. I want to thank the Chamber of Commerce for putting this on. For the first seven years of my life, I grew up on a little island called Tugboat Island, 28 acres off of Gabriel Walk. Beautiful place. My dad, he'd wake up every day to work hard, take care of the island, show me the value of a hard day's work, and he bestowed upon me a serious love for nature. Right? You grew up in the ocean. You just, you appreciate it differently. If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be who I am today, so thank you, Dad. I moved to Parksville four and a half years ago after completing my studies in firefighting at Kilgore College in Texas. I quickly joined the Parksville Volunteer Fire Department, and I have diligently served our community up until this January for four years. My background includes two and a half years as a financial advisor specializing in debt consolidation, a combined seven years experience as a board of directors for Big Brothers Big Sisters, and Sin Central Filmmaker Society, 10 plus years of owning and operating two small businesses, and 10 plus years working with youth and youth ministries. My passion has always been to help people and empower them and to serve my community. Upon moving to Parksville, I've been blessed to meet many like-minded individuals, people like Incumbent and Frass, who can't be here tonight as he is selflessly riding in the Tour de Rock, Cops for Cancer. Other Council Mark Chandler for inspiring me and encouraging me to run for council, and my friends and neighbors who have helped me with my campaign. It's good people like this that makes Parksville such a wonderful place to live. And I know we are facing challenges like affordable housing, homelessness, environmental concerns, a growing need for doctors and other services in our community. These are not small issues. But when I look at the quality of individuals who are running for council, before us tonight, I know we'll be in good hands for the future. There is such an incredible amount of wealth and just love for the community and this group of people up here. So, as the saying goes, the house divided cannot stand. In the same way, a community divided will not prosper. So, when you go to vote, please use your vote wisely. You're going to take six of us and a mayor to provide your future. So. Look at that, look at the people who are going to work together, look at people's level of integrity. Vote for character, not just the positions we say we're backing. Thank you. Thanks so much, Frank. On we go to the speaker number two, Ed Main. I am so fortunate and grateful to have led this council for the last four years. We have accomplished more in that time than many other councils have in the past. The first question we should all be asking is which mayoral candidate has the proven financial knowledge and leadership skills to lead the city? After all, the primary attribute of a good mayor is one of leadership. The mayor must get six councillors, all with differing views and opinions, to work together on a common vision, the vision that you set for us. I have proven my abilities as mayor. We must continue the vision we started four years ago, 
We need to continue to increase our affordable housing supply. We need to add more geared-to-income housing, like those going up behind quality foods. Just recently, I met with the president of the BC Co-op Housing Association, and they are really anxious to come to Parksville to build a co-op project. I'm still committed to building a swimming pool and a multiplex in Parksville. Honestly, it's taking a lot longer than I thought, but I will tell you that there will be some significant movement right after the election this year. Early in the new year, I will be making a proposal to council on how a downtown revitalization will provide more charm, slower traffic, and provide adequate parking and bike lanes. I also intend to hold regular town hall meetings on subjects of interest until we've talked about everything that you want to talk about. We need to open our communications, not only to get your views, but more importantly, I want to understand your views. We've planted 12,000 trees in Parksville between 2018 and 2022. We have a water supply with the capacity for that will meet our demands for years to come. We have $32 million in restricted reserve funds to cover the cost of repairs and maintenance for our infrastructure well into the future. If you want Parksville to continue to be one of the top two or three economically sustainable communities in all of BC, if you wish to see young families be able to live, work, and play in Parksville while still supporting a vibrant and flourishing older population, if you want Parksville to continue to have one of the lowest property tax increases in all of British Columbia, and if you, like me, believe that every resident in Parksville deserves to have a doctor, then I need your support on October the 15th. I am proud of what this council has completed to date, but we have a lot more to go. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Next on our speakers list is Lucky Butterworth. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Thank you for taking the time to come out to this and find out about your candidates and your mayoral candidates. And thank you to the chamber for hosting this event. It's greatly appreciated. My name is Lucky Butterworth, and I've lived in various communities on Vancouver Island for over 37 years of my life. My family moved to Parksville 16 and a half years ago to find a track club for our daughter and to escape the rain after a work stint in Prince Rupert. I'm a chartered professional accountant, and I worked as the city's director of finance for 16 years before I retired earlier in 2022. Prior to joining the city, I was the director of finance for the city of Prince Rupert. I've asked quite a few people about what they like about Parksville, and many of the likes center around the abundance of active living options and the small town friendliness. I love those things too. The dislikes center around the lack of doctors and currently about the amount of development happening. Some of the priorities I endorse fall under four headings, which are under healthcare, development, active living, and community. So for healthcare, I'd like to continue to explore opportunities to obtain more doctors and healthcare providers, and I know the province just announced more doctors, but that's going to take a number of years before that filters in. in development, uh, I'd like to see a reduction of development variances in OCP amendments, particularly in sensitive greenfield areas, exploring affordable housing options, including additional co-op type housing, and review water sustain sustainability assumptions 
after factoring in all the new development. For active living, I'd like to see the completion of the Rap Trevor Trail from the community park to Shelley Road and improved bike lane network and infrastructure to support the rapid increase in e-bikes that you see scooting around town all, all over the place. I'd like to see dedicated pickleball courts with an approach to the RDN to partner in on this and support the completion of the rubberized track at the Bolinas High School. And for community, I'd like to see community input prior to any major community service changes. I'd also like to reopen a dialogue with the PCC Society to see if there's any ways the city can support them. And I'd like to also see an official community plan review to be moved forward in the city's budget. This is not an exhaustive list. I know there are many more priorities that need to be dealt with and more will arise as time goes by. I'm running for councillor because my family and I love living in this city and would like to make sure it stays a great place to live, work and play. I'm asking for your vote so that we can achieve that goal. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Lucky. Next person on the list, Teresa Patterson. Hi, my name is Teresa Patterson, and I want to thank you, like everyone else, for coming out tonight. I am a 24-year resident here in Parksville, and it has been my honour to serve four terms. This is my fourth term on council. I am also the youngest woman to date, still, that has ever served on council. I'd love to see that change. Maybe my daughter. I began my first term when my children were in school. And I have been a small business owner most of my life. Last year, with my son Brandon, who was my business partner, we sold our joy. Pacific Rim, which I used to always say was the heart of Parksville. And that was because I felt like it was an extension of who I am. Much like myself, being on council, where I can speak to what matters and bring residents' concerns forward. I never make a decision without trying to get to all the information on the subject. So if you were to ask me where I stand on something, I can't tell you that unless my vote's already been cast. I will tell you that I want always what is best for Parksville and look to the future. When I first came on council, I said that I would always have to be answering to my children because they're always going to be in my life. So I look for a balance, and I believe an immediate official community plan is required in the next two years. We've changed so much, and especially in this last four years. I'd like, actually, it may sound a little strange, and that to take a step back and to think about our water and the effect of climate change. We only have to look at everything that's happened in the world today to see some of the concerns that uh, neighbors and other parts of BC and Canada and the world are facing. I believe that housing and health and doctors and tourism and even food security, because we only have four days of food that's available on Vancouver Island, and green spaces are very important. While still respecting different points of view and being accountable, I will always answer to the decisions I've made. And to you, my fellow residents, and that I am Teresa Patterson, and yeah, I'm running for a fifth term, and I'm still under 55. <laughs> so thank you so much. There are rap cards out in the front. Whoever didn't get one, you can see like what I believe in as well. 
And please feel free to give me a call, a text, an email to answer any further questions. Thank you. Teresa, next on the list is Doug O'Brien. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy days to come here and attend this event. Hi, I'm Councillor Doug O'Brien, and I'm running for mayor. We have just about completed four years on this term as council. It's been a great experience, and I loved it. But I realize that you realize as well that there are two candidates running for mayor in this election, and there are some considerable differences in between us. And I thought after the last meeting I had that maybe I should point out some of those differences to our approach to the subjects and the issues of Parksville. So I'd just like to state that clearly here, you understand. The current mayor, Mayor Main, gave away our Parksville Community Centre. I oppose that decision. The current mayor, Maine, wants to pave the green space between the library and Stanford Place. I oppose that decision. The current mayor, Maine, wanted to locate the proposed swimming pool on the Springwood Park Forest and wetlands. I oppose that decision. The current mayor does not support building 16 dedicated pickleball courts in our community park. I definitely support that proposal. The current mayor does not believe or understand that we have insufficient water storage to support future growth for extreme climate events such as drought. I believe we do need Highland Water Reservoirs to assure more storage for Parksville. Mayor Maine supported a development project at 130 Shelley Road which is a wetland floodplain sensitive site. I oppose that proposal. At the last all candidates meeting, Ed Main commented, read the doctor's short. His comments were, if you want more doctors, you have to vote in a new government. I actually propose in an open collaborative manner to build a new primary health care center with our current government to the betterment of all of Oceanside. Moving forward, when elected mayor, I will support a parking plan downtown providing 160 new parking spaces in the downtown core. And it doesn't cover a green space between the library and Sanford Place. I will support building a swimming pool all can enjoy that we can afford. I will support building 16 dedicated pickleball courts in our community park. I will support implementing the urban tree strategy, increasing tree canopy. I will support the completion of the Community Parks to Rest Service Trail. Good evening, everyone. First of all, I want to thank the Chamber for organizing this event and all that you do so that small and medium-sized enterprises have a voice. Thank you. You have a voice too. I have talked to businesses and listened to their struggles getting over COVID. And I know things are getting better, but we are not there yet. My name is Amit Gore. I live in Parksville and I work at Stanford Place. I've been there since 2015. I love that place. I am a graduate of the University of Victoria with a degree in kinesiology. I have volunteered in our community as an Oceanside Community Safety Volunteer, John, <laughs> and as a Beach Fest Ambassador. I believe in community and I appreciate 
the tremendous amount of work that all the volunteers do in this community. In my free time, I enjoy playing tennis at the beach. I like running nature walks and exploring the natural outdoors of Parksville and the rest of Vancouver Island. I do my part in supporting local. I buy my groceries here. Naked Naturals is my favorite stop. QM, Thrifty, you're on the list too. I enjoy eating at all our restaurants here. Yes, Indian food is my favorite, but I also enjoy white elephant. I also enjoy eating at the lefties and numerous others, Papa's Burgers. Way to go. Being the youngest here, I don't want to make outrageous promises to you, not knowing. I know a little bit about politics. I'm learning every day. I'm not going to promise you the moon just to get your votes. But what I will promise you is putting the needs of our community first. I will promise you integrity, hard work, and honesty as your city councilor. I will work towards protecting our green spaces, parks, and coastline, promoting art and culture in the community that brings a sense of belonging to all the residents. I will support our local businesses by revitalizing downtown, maintaining low tax rates, more community and cultural events promoting our businesses, and a lot more can be done. I want to improve public feedback and decision making. You are, your voice is the most important, not the seven people who sit in the council. I want to have a constant communication with the residents of Parson. I'm ready for the council to serve you. Thank you. Thanks a bit. Next on our list is Joel Grimes. Good evening. I'm Joel Grimes. You may know me from being that guy on those Facebook and YouTube videos. Before I start, I'd echo, like to echo the thank you to the team here at the Parksville Chamber for your work in putting this event together and everyone for coming tonight and participating in our democratic process. And I'd also like to thank the candidates for putting your names forward. I've really enjoyed getting to know you throughout this campaign. So allow me to tell you a bit more about myself, why I'm running, and what I hope to bring as your fresh voice on Parksville Council. My post-secondary journey took me from Capilano University to the University of Alberta, and then finally to UBC, where I got a degree in law. I never practiced law, though, but it did give me a strong foundation in our political and legal institutions here in Canada. After graduation, I decided to invest my efforts in my own business, a marketing company I started while I was in university. I continue to run this company to this day. We have a small work-from-home team, three of which of our team members have been with us for more than 10 years. My company has given me the opportunity to get some deep insight into a broad range of perspectives, industries, and organizations. It has taught me about budgets, payroll, managing a team, and working in collaboration with partners. Working from home made it possible for my wife and me to move here in 2016 with our three young children. We came here for the lifestyle, the friendly people, the natural beauty, and because it's a great place to raise a family. And also have a small hobby farm, thanks to my wife's passion for agriculture and animals. We have about 19 chickens, for example, <laughs> and four parrots. <laughs> That's my daughters. Since my family moved here, we've seen a lot of growth in this community. In fact, Parksville's population has gone up by nearly 10% since we moved here. This growth requires careful management to ensure that the core services we all depend on don't become overburdened. 
I've been hearing concerns around healthcare, community safety and homelessness, and access to recreational programs and facilities. My overall vision for Parksville is a healthy, balanced community where no matter your age, stage, or walk of life, you can thrive in this community. And I hope that for my children as well. My priorities around this are a proactive, persistent, but collaborative relationship with our senior and provincial and federal partners, creative and compassionate approaches to challenges like healthcare and homelessness, applying a sustainability lens to all decision-making, and I'm talking economic, environmental, and social, modernizing our official community plan, ensuring our core services and amenities keep pace with the community needs. And I look forward to this conversation with you Thank you very much. Marilyn Wilson. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Marilyn Wilson, and thank you for coming. I appreciate it, and I appreciate the chamber putting this on. It's an honor for me to run through for re-election to Parksville Council and to commit to another four-year term. I've been here 16 years. I am confident that I have the passion, energy, and expertise to be an effective collaborative counselor and bring a balanced perspective to communication and decision-making. The skills I have acquired on council, a certificate in local government leadership, a design degree with an urban design component focused on sustainability and community design, enable me to effectively apply the official community plan guidelines on new developments. I am also the Parksville organizer for the annual global Jane Jacobs Walk. Parksville is currently experiencing a boom in construction, and much of it is infill development on existing underutilized city lots. This is a good direction because the land is repurposed with higher development standards. Current development is in line with the OCP plan Parksville. The OCP will be up for renewal in 2023. To put this in perspective, Parksville's current population is 13,600, with infrastructure plan for 25,000 people and a water capacity sufficient for 35,000 people. Infrastructure is continually updated and water conservation is prudent. Downtown revitalization is vital to attracting tourists, visitors, workers, doctors, and to support businesses. Mixed-use, residential, commercial, climate-adaptable development built to high BC Energy step codes will realize the goal to net zero 2032. Walkable pedestrian streets, dedicated cycling lanes with good traffic flow and convenient parking, and people living downtown will make our city a vibrant, safe place to live. As part of Council, I will continue to meet with the Provincial Ministers for Housing and Health to further communication with the local, political, and social service representatives in Oceanside to find equitable solutions for homelessness in each community. I will advocate for treatment and recovery centers, for an expanded riverview for addictions and mental health, more training for doctors and medical practitioners, and funding for affordable housing options and providers like co-ops and Habitat for Humanity. Council's plan for public engagement for a pool multiplex is ongoing to benefit all demographics. Sport and youth, Bellinas track upgrade, the Rath River Trail Connection, 
Thank you, Marilyn. Next on our list, we have Karen Bedell. Hi, everybody. My name is Karen. My background is healthcare. I was an emergency room nurse at St. Paul's and at BGH in Vancouver. I have some experience in long-term extended care. For the last 20 or so years, I've been working in cancer-related research. I've worked on global project teams and dealing with complex problems and solution-oriented. What motivated me to run for council was largely related to the development. I see development as a core running through a number of the issues that are in front of us here today. One of the most important things for me is looking, and what I'd like to push forward, is looking at our environmental assets, our natural assets that we have here in Parksville. I'd like to look at bringing things like the estuary, the aquifer, and make those a part of the actual municipal infrastructural assets. We prioritize roads and sewers, and we maintain and, and account for those. We've got natural features that provide services. This is not a new thing. Gibson started this 10 years ago with their aquifer. As soon as you validate that, then these become a priority for maintenance to ensure that, that they're maintained properly and carefully. Along with development, I think we have to look at how we're using our land. We talk about creating tiny house options, secondary suites, carriage houses, but when we slice and dice and create these teeny tiny compact properties, then I don't know where you put the tiny houses, I don't know where you put the secondary suites, so we have to rethink some of that. There are probably some areas in, in the community that should not be high density, and maybe we can look at other things like ensuring permeable surfaces to protect our aquifer. Healthcare, of course, is important to me. We need a short-term, medium-term, and long-term plan. Short-term, we could look at reducing the requirement of creating a clinical area and bringing in, for example, locum physicians on a short-term basis to provide immediate relief for those people who don't have a GP. I could go on. There's a few, quite a few issues. I see my yellow light. I hope that you'll consider me, and if you do have questions, I hope you'll reach out. I'm interested also to hear what solutions and suggestions you may have. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Okay, next on the list, we have Paula Miles. Good evening, and thank you for coming to this wonderful meeting today, and thank you to the Chamber for hosting us. My background is social work, and as a social worker, I have worked for many nonprofits for city government. I have also served on the Oceanside Homelessness Task Force. I have also been a member and served on the Oceanside Health and Wellness Network, and also co-chaired that group for a year. These opportunities allowed me to get a really good sense of this community. I love this community. I find it to be a very generous community, and I live, work, and play in this community. As a result, I was attracted here in the first place because of the green nature of this community, because of the beauty, because of the ocean, because of the wetlands. And I believe that we need to protect all of these areas because these are what attract tourists to this area. This is what attracts many people to this area. We have done a lot of growth in the last several years, and it's now time to allow that to settle. 
and to look at how we can involve the residents of Parkville in our future decision making. With this idea in mind, I believe it is time for us to update the official community plan and decide what our vision is moving forward. The current plan is 10 years old, and we need to make sure that our new plan and our updating of our plan takes into account all of our residents, not just some of our residents. And with that idea in mind, low-income income housing needs to be looked at. As I mentioned at the previous forum, we need to, in my opinion, look at a short-term plan, a medium-term plan, and a long-term plan. And we need to lead the charge instead of saying that belongs to the provincial government to do. We need to advocate for what we want our Parksville to look like. We need to move forward in that area and bring everybody along the stream. Along with developing the official community plan, I want to see us develop the appropriate committees on the issues that are important to Parkville, like needing a medical center, keeping our place green, making sure that we can afford what we can. Where is our money going? Do we have enough police? Where are we at with the fire department? It's time to consolidate, renew, and come up with our vision. Thank you. Colonel is Sean Wood. I'd first like to acknowledge that we're on the unceded traditional territories of the Coast Salish peoples, and more specifically, the Snanawas and Qualicum First Nations. I'd like to thank the Parksville and District Chamber of Commerce for hosting this evening's event. It's my privilege to have the opportunity to run for Parksville Council. I've been attending the Parksville City Council meetings in person for over seven months. Should I earn your vote, be assured that I will work well with Ed or Doug, along with the elected councillors, in order to do my part in making the best decisions for the City of Parksville. I ran federally in 2019 for the Green Party of Canada, but it feels great to run nonpartisan. Party politics often seem more divisive than ever. I strive to have a reputation of being a pleasure to work with, even if we have differing opinions, and I will always aim to discuss things with the utmost respect. <clears throat> I'm hearing concerns about access to primary health care and family doctors, traditional housing, workforce housing, long-term housing rentals, non-market housing such as co-ops, unaffordable mortgage down payments, the toxic drug supply, overdose, addiction crisis, supporting small businesses, public safety, accessibility around our city for people with limited mobility, and last but certainly not least, taking care of our rivers, trees, and ocean. I'm a small business owner as a logo designer with a degree in management information systems. My wife is a registered nurse working here in Parksville, and our two young boys attend a local public elementary school. For over 12 years, we've called Parksville our home. Five of those years, I was privileged to be a volunteer firefighter with the Parksville Fire Department, with an exemplary attendance record. Designing logos for small businesses means I learn as much as I can about a client's business, work collaboratively with them, and arrive at a creative solution which best fits their needs. This is precisely what I intend to do 
if I were to be on the city council. Listening, collaboration, creativity, and solutions that will work best for the community. I always strive to be easy to work with, to bring good ideas and information, and to always be respectful even if we disagree. When you choose Sean Wood at the bottom of your ballot tomorrow at advanced voting, you'll be providing a strong, respectful foundation that will work hard to support the other candidates you choose above my name. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Next on the list is Mike Kelly. Hello, I'm Mike Kelly, and I'm running for councillor. Thank you to everybody for being here. I want to get right to it because I've only got three minutes. There's a few things that I've seen and heard from people around the community that I believe are very close to their heart. One is affordable housing, one is doctors. But you can't have one without the other. And the one that needs addressing immediately is doctors. Doctors that you can phone up and make an appointment to go see. That is critical. For every, how many people in here don't have a doctor? Yeah, that's a lot of people without a doctor. And there's a lot of older doctors in our community, so that number is gonna swell. So I wanna address the doctor's issue first, and I believe there's a working plan. I've done a little research. There's a plan working out of Winnipeg, and they've started to do it in New Kiele. And that's where the city puts up the clinic, the administration staff, and gets the office space. Doctors come in, they're given an office, they have to pay for their own nurses and their supplies. And Winnipeg filled up their clinic of eight spots in less than two months. Because these doctors are coming out of med school with $250,000, $300,000 student debt. And the last thing they want to have to do is pay to open an office. Affordable housing is something that's really important. If I got $3,000 from everybody in this room, I couldn't afford to buy a house in Parksville. Think about that. We want to bring people in to work at Quality Foods, Thrifty, Save-On Foods, Starbucks. I work at Parksville Home Hardware. I'm putting my daughter through university because I don't want her to have a debt when she comes out. So we need to address affordable housing at a point we can address the existing residents and their doctors. Affordable housing is something that is, it's so close to everybody's heart because I don't know how many of you in here could afford to buy your own home right now. And if you've got a mortgage coming up, that could really hurt. If you don't have a lot of equity in the place, you could be in trouble. So there's a big wave, there's a big change, and I think we need to address it immediately. We need to repair the relationship between the city of Parksville and BC Housing. I believe that relationship is damaged, and I think we need to repair it. The other big issue, homelessness. That's something that has to be looked at and has to be addressed. There is a ability to set up a cold warming shelter at 222 Corfield. I believe that's something we should look at doing because we've got homeless people in this community that are homeless, not by choice. And I think we need to look after them. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Next on our list is Sylvia Martin. Good evening. Thank you all for coming. And also, thank you for the Chamber, the Parksville Chamber. It takes a lot of effort to do all this. I wanted to share some of myself. My core principles are being open-minded, a good listener, and above all, a team player. I have used these principles all my life as a successful business owner and community volunteer. My community resume includes board member of the Parksville Museum, co-chaired the BC Justice Institute Foundation Board, as a member of a mental health panel appointed by the BC Minister of State, 
I've been a chairperson for BC Assessment Review Panel for Victoria and Parksville. In today's society, we are faced with many issues. Only some of those can be dealt with at the municipal level. And that's what this election is about. Having knocked on over 1,400 doors in Parksville, I found most people have a deep concern and compassion for those struggling to find an affordable roof over their head. Parksville's issues, after knocking on all those doors. <laughs> affordable housing, we've heard it over and over. Seniors make up 33% of our population and not surprisingly have the biggest needs along with young people for affordable housing. Future housing developments must include more below market and affordable housing. Local businesses. Businesses have told me the two main issues are finding staff and lack of parking. More affordable housing options will help address the staff issue. On council, I will support additional parking for downtown. We must guard against controlled growth. This is sustainability. Future developments must meet strict environmental standards and meet the needs of the community, and that's a very important issue. The last official community plan was done in 2013. It's time for an update, and we've heard that tonight, too. Mental health and addiction. I've been a longtime advocate for proper housing and care for those affected. Council must work with the province to help solve this challenge. We see it every day in our community. Taxes. As Parksville grows, we will require more services, naturally. Recreational facilities, parks, etc. This requires long-term planning and must be balanced with taxpayers' ability to pay. Now, the big question is, why am I running? Because we've got lots of wonderful folks here. Why am I doing this? It's great. We all are sincere. My heart has always been in Parksville. What I bring to the council table is experience, common sense, and a sincere desire to make Parksville the best community it can be. I also want to be very clear. I'm an independent thinker. I don't come with a political agenda. Thanks so much, Sylvia. Hello, my name is Mary Beale, and I would like to first of all acknowledge that we are on the traditional territory of the Coast Salish people and within the shared traditional territories of the Qualicum and Snellis First Nations. For those of you who don't already know me, I have lived in Parksville since 1986, so 30-plus years. I was the principal at Parksville Elementary School the, just before it closed for a number of years. I also served on council between 2014 and 2018, but I didn't run this last term. I'm a Block Watch captain and a supporting member of many local nonprofit organizations. We have a number of very important issues facing our city housing, which we've heard, primary health care access, concerns about conservation of green space, opportunities for recreation, impacts of climate change, and questions about water, both the water that we need to drink and also storm water, and the costs associated with services and infrastructure. A top priority for me is the need to review and update our official community plan. Our present OCP is about 10 years old, and I think that most people would agree that much has changed in the last couple of years, never mind 10 years. The pandemic has accelerated a shift to more people working remotely. 
and also making purchases online. It has increased the awareness of the value of outdoor recreation and green spaces, both for physical and for mental wellness. Climate change is a significant factor, and here, there, here as well, there is greater awareness and a need to do what we can to mitigate adverse effects. And all of this can and absolutely should inform our decisions about land use now and going forward. A review of the OCP is a budget item for the upcoming term, and I believe it should be a priority and not put off. An updated OCP provides a guide for land use, and it serves to inform decisions about development, what kind and where. It serves to help us decide who make good decisions about housing, about green space, and about transportation corridors. I care very deeply about our city and our neighborhoods. I appreciate and consider input from staff and the community. I enjoy learning about issues and doing the necessary research. I value working constructively and collaboratively with all levels of government and their authorities to support a safe, active, and healthy community. On voting day, I hope I will learn your vote. Thank you. Okay, so we have one final uh, candidate running for council that couldn't be here today. He's on the Turtle Rock uh, ride, so Cassie Long is going to read his statement. This is a statement directly from Adam. Good evening and thank you for the opportunity to be included in this all candidates meeting. I apologize for not being able to attend this evening, as I wish I could, but I am currently riding with the Cops for Cancer Tour de Rock, fundraising for pediatric cancer programs for local families who are impacted by cancer. Many of you might already know the name Adam Braz in Parksville from the charity work I've been involved with, or for, of course from being elected to council in 2018 and also serving this past term on the board of directors with the regional district of Nanaimo. I have contributed many years of service to our community that is only matched by the many more ahead of me. My background includes being a commercial pilot, a local electrician, and having a diploma in business administration from the University of Victoria. As a father of a young child and with senior parents, I have an understanding of the needs and the challenges facing young families that want to have a life in Parksville. We have one of the most beautiful communities to live in, but we also have much to fight for to keep it that way. I strive to maintain the pristine natural beauty we are known for while making our city a vibrant and safe place to live for people of all ages. If re-elected to Parksville City Council, I'm committed to focusing on improving lifestyles for families in Parksville, including access to housing, recreation, childcare, and healthcare, while continuing to keep our city taxes as low as we have in this past term. Not to mention ensuring core services like water, garbage, police, and fire operate at the expected levels. It's known that we have been making progress on these issues, but there's still a long way to go, and I have the energy and desire to keep going. So let's keep going. My current experience means that I would bring a continuity to council, one with understanding of past decisions, both at a local and regional level. I'm looking to help guide the new council into the future, and this is why I'm asking for your support. I'm offering myself for re-election, and I need your vote. When I am back from fighting for families battling cancer, I know I'll continue to be here for you too. I'm committed to working for the best interests of Parksville, and I need your support by voting for Adam Fraz in this election. Thank you.
Okay, now I want to get on to the questions. So the questions have been sorted according to frequency. So the more questions we got that were the same, those questions get asked first because that's the common theme. Sometimes questions are addressed to all candidates and sometimes they're addressed to one or two or three. So we are going to start with the first question and this question is addressed to all candidates, which means they all get a chance to answer this question. One minute each. They only get one minute because there's a lot here to, to go through. So this first question is on homelessness. Again, for all candidates, the question is, how will you address the increasing homelessness and corresponding issues if elected? So I'm just gonna go down the table. Hello. Yes, this is a very important issue in our community and we need to remember that many people in our community are one paycheck away from being in this particular position. So we need to have the community come together and decide how you want to address this issue. We need to remember that these individuals are members of our community, many who have lived here for a long time. Their issues are tied in with housing, they're tied in with having jobs, they're tied in with health care, and many other things. So it is really important that we look at all the surrounding issues, including the mental health of these individuals. So I invite you to help us decide how to deal with this issue. Homelessness. I'm pretty sure every one of us has walked downtown, gone by somebody sitting there panhandling in front of a bank. And it's easy to walk over them and pretend like they don't exist or maybe you buy them a coffee or put a couple bucks in their pocket. It's not an easy issue. It really isn't. We all know people only change when they want to change. But what we can do is try and find support for these people. This is a complex issue that involves housing, mental health. A good community can pull somebody out from the depths of hell if you have enough help. And we all know if we were in that position, you'd hope somebody would lend us a helping hand. But then you also are dealing with theft, safety. We do need more police. We need a justice system that actually holds people accountable. Those will be provincial and federal things we need to create connection with as council members. Thank you. Thank you for the question. It is a very pressing topic, and I know that everyone in the community is aware that we do have a problem here just as there is in every other community in our province. What people may not know, not everyone may know, is we also have an incredible team of healthcare, mental health, and community service providers who have been working on this problem and together have worked towards creating Orca Place, which provided housing for 52 people, and also worked with landlords and others in the community to prevent homelessness and to support people so that they can maintain housing. Housing First is a program that works. We need to work. I would work collaboratively with all levels of government, but also with the experts who are right here in our community to address this problem in a progressive, constructive way. Thank you. Thank you, yes. Homelessness is all over the province. You can see homelessness, you can see tent cities, in Vancouver, in other areas in Victoria, 
It's a challenge that, at this point, nobody has been able to solve, it seems to me. Parksville's homelessness issue, I believe, is a lot smaller than some of the other communities, or some of the larger communities, but it still should be dealt with. Opening Orchid Place, I think, solves some of the issues. There's 48, I believe, residents in there. Losing the eight shelter beds in there was a detriment, I think, to eight other folks. There's also the place at VIP, which will be shut down near the end of March. And so we need to be working with BC Housing to figure out what's going to happen to those folks so they don't end up on the street. Mental health is part of the issues with homelessness. It's not just economic, it's mental health and drug addiction as well. So those supports, we need those supports for these folks wherever they end up we're getting relocated to. So thank you. Everybody has said most of the things that are relevant to this. I want to start with a personal story. I broke my wrist in 2017. I was put on Tramadol. It was so addictive, I had a really hard time sleeping without it. So addiction is can happen to anybody. Educated person, father to a nine-year-old, established, still can happen to anybody. In my opinion, we need a better triaging system. It's a very broad spectrum of people when you're talking about homeless people. Some people are homeless because there's no affordable housing. People are seniors who are waiting to get into long-term care. They are homeless. There are people with mental health and addiction issues, they need those treatments. And people fleeing violence, domestic violence, they need to be provided those supports. So it's a collaborative effort. We don't need to look at it as a broad picture, individually triaging who needs what is the best approach. Thank you. I don't know if anyone remembers that Gregor Robertson in Vancouver promised to end homelessness by 2015. Don't think that really came to pass. In fact, the problem's gotten way worse around the province. But like many of us, I've had family members who struggled with homelessness, which is often paired with addiction and mental health challenges. When we first moved here, my family took in a relative to live with us to help through this time. And so I understand the challenges at a very personal level. But it is a very complex issue, and we do need to work collaboratively with our nonprofit community here in Parksville, as well as our senior levels of government. I'm willing to make the personal conversations as I've already done this campaign with people who are on the ground working with homeless people and uh, people suffering from addiction. As I've already highlighted, our population has really grown and if David E. becomes Premier of the province, he's made it clear that he's gonna tie funding and supports to our housing development. Well, we've done that already here in Parksville, so it's time to make the case to E.B. as Premier that we need support here in Parksville. Hello, Mike Kelly. Homelessness is a very intertwined system. And we refer to it. You've got mental health, you've got addiction, you've got people that are truly homeless, and then you've got people that are fleeing a bad situation. You've also got the criminal element. There's a criminal element that hides amongst those people. It's a given. I see them every day. What we need to do is find a way to separate that out and make sure we look after the people that truly want to get better so we're not throwing good money after that. We can do it with Orchard Place, and we can do it with the existing people in this room that, that work social services. So I believe it's a matter of we're looking at it from different columns of solution. Thank you. I believe what we really have here is a mental health issue and a drug addiction issue. Both are health issues, and neither, no matter how good our intentions are, can be fixed at the community level. The problem has gotten significantly worse every year. We know this. Warehousing people in hotels and accommodations that are not suited for this purpose is not the answer, especially when they're commingling drug users with not people that are trying to rehabilitate. 
Parksville can't fix this on our own. We could spend every dollar of our $21.5 million budget on this issue, and we still couldn't fix it. I know a little bit about this. My family, when I was a kid, was on the verge of homelessness several times, so I know what the feeling is like. There's a difference between drug addiction and health, mental health issues and financial. If you fix the drug addiction and the mental health issues, thank you. Hi, I'm still Doug O'Brien. So, homelessness is such a broad issue. Let's narrow it down the, to the individuals that are identified as living on the streets. We know that they're there, we see them every day, they're even more in the east end of Vancouver, they're on Pandora Street in Victoria. These are the people that need help and they need help now. The thing is that they're out on the street because they have complex mental health issues. We know that. Many of these individuals are at risk to themselves and to others. And the thing is that many have been evicted or asked to leave the supportive housing projects that they were living in because they don't fit. Well, these people, they still need help. They're on the streets. Their winter's coming up. So what we need is we have to have regional housing specializing in treating individuals with complex needs. Get them off the streets. It's shameful as society that we do not intervene with humanity to assist those living on the streets through actually no fault of their own. So let's reach out and make it happen. This is a complex issue and it's very dear to my heart. I have a son who's been in and out of a shelter with mental illness. We've done everything as a family that we can do. I'm sure many of people like this. And so myself, he's in Penticton, I went on a tour up there of what they did up there. I've got pictures of everything. They got community living and BC housing involved. They did something in four months up there. I'm so excited what they did. I don't know if it's the right thing for Parksville, but it was the right thing for Penticton. Unfortunately, my son said there's too many people there. So there's so much involved with mental illness and drug addiction. And so we can't solve it all ourselves. We have to get the government involved, levels of government, and get support. And I'm for it. I will do everything I can to help. Thank you very much for your time. As many of the others have said, there's a lot of different reasons people are on the street. I think we need to look at what that is. Is it because it's economic? Is it mental health? Is it drug addiction? Is it drug addiction and mental health? There can be other reasons. We're not the only ones that have this problem. There are other communities that have had successful projects. Duncan has a very successful village program. We need to look at those communities that also have dealt with these problems, and we need to cherry pick, figure out what works for our community. We need to tailor that to the people that we have in the community and what their special needs are. Homelessness is everywhere. We know that across BC. I attended UBCM two weeks ago. It was one of the major topics. Did we come to any consensus, like any decision-making at that point in time or what the government is going to do provincially or federally? We live in an absolutely beautiful community and people move here and we also have people that come here that end up not in, in an actual home. So we've had lots of different comments and everything. I know that co-op and housing first and getting BC housing back to the table and communicating with our surrounding neighbors with the different municipalities in the area. And that I know that there are three sites that BC housing is looking at. They didn't say where or when, but 
I do know that BC Housing is going back to the table with our CAO next week, and I'm optimistic that we will get to them. I think everybody has said almost everything that you could say about it. But I think for me, it's separating the addiction and mental health issue from some people who are really just down and out, sometimes working homeless. And for that, there's another housing solution with low income, et cetera. But I think dealing with the, the, the problem of people on the street who have addiction issues, I go back to treatment centers like Riverview. And as Teresa just mentioned, we were at the UBCM. We met with Minister Rankin. We met with BC Housing. We discussed this. They did promise that we would communicate, and right now, as Teresa said, BC Housing is now communicating with our CAO. They have promised that they are working on the issue right here in Parksville to find shelter. It's such a complicated issue that it really is going to take a team effort from our social services. I kind of look at it as a two-part problem. One is compassion, which we need to show for most of the people, and then law enforcement for a tiny sliver of the people. I have good working relationships with both our MLA and our MP. We need good relationships at a provincial and federal level if we do want to get help. Those good relationships do help. These facilities like 222 Corfield, if they have good management, we've seen they work well. I heard both sides about the VIP, and so I've been going by the VIP personally, and I've gotten to know the manager, Kelly. She's an amazing person. She has beaten substance abuse. She was on the downtown east side, nodding out, and two guys picked her up, and she woke up in a barn on the Picton farm, and she's a Picton farm survivor. Stop by and say hi to Kelly. She's an amazing person. Compassion and law enforcement. If I hear that beer bottles are being thrown at anyone, give me a call and I'll go up with you and we'll take a look. Okay, question number two. It doesn't have who it's addressed. I think what we're going to do is just, I'm going to ask the table who would like to answer this. Maybe put your hand up. Or use your token. The question is about water. Where will water service come from for all the new development happening in Parksville? Sean, you're up. Water is a, a funny issue and I've tried to get to the bottom of it. So for storage down here, for drinking water, we have a lot. We just bought a fire downtown. We poured a million gallons of water on the building. As far as I know, the alarms didn't go off. Fire chief wasn't called. We have enough drinking water. Now the river, Englishman River, where we pull our water from is a different issue. It is very low right now. If we like to keep our wild salmon, we have to make sure we have more water storage at the top in the Aerosmith Dam so that we can keep that water flowing all year so that salmon can spawn in the river. Right now it's very low. Our wells are starting to go dry, aquifers dry. New water restrictions began today because we have a license with the province that we're not keeping up our end of the bargain. Go for Sean. <laughs> Okay, your name and Doug O'Brien. And then I'm there. First off, none of that was true. It is too true. No, it's not. I got pictures. None of it was true. The reality is our wells up to about two weeks ago were flowing over the top because they had so much water in them. So it wasn't dry. They aren't going dry. The river is low. The river goes low every year in September and October at the end of the drought season before the rains come. That is nature. It happens. It has no effect on our drinking water whatsoever. 
We have lots and lots of drinking water here right now. Contrary to what everybody is trying to tell you here, I got the most recent readings here just yesterday, I think it was, and we know for a fact where our water is. The province didn't order us. In fact, we said we wanted a flow of 1.9, and they said, no, let's take it down to 1.6. So if they were that concerned about it, they would have said, no, leave it at 1.9. Mayor Maine seems to be in a state of denial. And as far as I'm concerned, there's a river in Egypt, but he doesn't think so. We, there is a water shortage problem. We got it. And if you want to, you can go on, online to see where the Aerosmith Dam is right today. Thanks, Peter. The thing is that it's near, nearing the end, because we're in a drought, folks, and it's no fault of yours, but it's the fault of ours for not providing more storage water. We need more storage water reservoirs. My plan is to get consultants hired right away with our new council that are very effective and going to be very helpful in getting this done. And we're going to create water storage reservoirs in the Englishman River Air Aquifer, right, right beside and in between here and the Aerosmith Dam. We will pipe that into the water treatment plant. The water treatment plant's great, but the thing is that it doesn't make water. It only treats the water. Thank you. Hello. I want to start with a question to Mr. May. I want to know the source of where you said our aquifers and the wells are flowing with water. I really want to know the source. If that's true, I'm taking an educated guess. It hasn't rained, it's all dry, the river is dry. How come the wells are flowing? The water. Where's the water coming from in the aquifer and the wells? We have paved all our city. The water is not going back into the ground. How is the aquifer getting its water from? Thank you. Speaker on this question, and then we'll go to the next question. Amit said what I was going to, but so with the Aerosmith Lake, I've seen photographs. The lake is almost dry. The Orange Bridge is supposed to have a flow of 1.6. Two weeks ago, it was probably 1.3, 1.4, and I heard the other day that it was now 1.1, and I think it's below one now. We're not going to sustain the salmon. And so then we go to our aquifers and, uh, and we're drawing water from, the, from our groundwater. If we continue to pave over Parksville, then you cannot recharge the aquifer. And the water from the ground should actually seep into and support what's in the river. We have a big water problem and we need to address this across a number of different issues, including collection, storage, and continuing the permeability. Okay, this next question, we're gonna take only four speakers for each question. No, no. We can use this. The first, this question is about, oh, you can use your token, sorry, you can, yeah. Thank you. Here, I still have two more. Sorry, we can't let this go. It's gone on far too long where people say we don't have water. It's not true. You wanna know where the water comes from in the aquifer? The reality is that we're using 600,000 cubic meters of water less from the aquifer than we were before the treatment came online in 2019. That water has replenished and refurbished the aquifer to the point where it is extremely healthy. That's where the water comes from. It is not any other reason. The water in the river, yes, it's down low. I remember going down there fishing, for God's sakes, I could walk across across the river in my socks without getting wet. That happened in 2003, 2005, 2015, and 2019 that I'm aware of. 
And so the river running dry is not the relative part. It has nothing to do with how much water is being drained. And Sean, he knows everything about this. I'm telling you, I got it from the engineers and from the uh, province. Hello. Did everyone hear that I said there was a structure fire downtown Parksville? And then the mayor said that everything I, nothing I said was true. Okay, that's interesting. There you go. Okay, the next question, again, is for all candidates, so we'll take the first four. And of course, anybody can use a token to speak to it. This question is about the community center. What are your thoughts today about the city decision giving the Parksville Community Center building to the Nanaimo Boys and Girls Club? What would you change? Yes. Use your hands. Amit, and Doug O'Brien, and Teresa Patterson. My answer is simple. I think it was completely ridiculous. I believe that Parksville needs to do whatever we can to get it. Thank you very much. I agree with Mike 100%. We have to get our community center back as a Parksville community center operated by the city of Parksville. The thing is that it was given away to uh, the Boys and Girls Club and they're paying zero rent for that building. They pay zero rent. And also, you have to know, if they do happen to rent out any rooms in that area that might be for community use, funny, well, how come we're not having any all-candidates meetings at the community center? What it was designed to do, that had spaces, that had, that had access for people who are all accessible. We give it all away. So the thing is that we should get that back. But the thing is that maybe we could get it back and share facilities with Boys Girls Club because it's not their fault. The thing is, I'm all for daycare as well, but we can maybe share that space, but the Parksville Community Center should come back and run by us. Thank you. This is probably one of the most difficult decisions besides Corfield that I ever have made in my 14 terms on council. I think that the decision, how it was made, was one of the worst things that could possibly occur. It was behind doors, and as much as I tried to, to let the board know that there were things happening, I follow a code of conduct. I mentioned different aspects that they went and did to try and get more people involved, membership, go see daycare. Let's think about some other things that we can do. And that, unfortunately, it didn't occur. The community center, it, I'm, I'm so hopeful that it will still end up being a community center with the Boys and Girls Club. And last night, I was at the Mill Center, the other community center. It's called the community center. Why didn't we ask the community what they want to do with it? Why is there no consultation? No other community has two community centers. I'm surprised to see two signs parts of the community center. People are always confused, which one? It's a very dear topic to the residents of Parksville. They built it with their money and effort. You knew I was going to be up here for this. <laughs> the reality is, Councillor O'Brien, I don't know where he's getting his stuff from tonight, but my God, he's out there on, in left field. We didn't give away the PCC, it's still there. All we did was change the management group that was running the PCC for the previous 15 years and costing the city of Parksville $250,000 a year in subsidies. And we changed it over to the Boys and Girls Club, who 
are not getting any subsidies for running this. Yes, they're not paying rent, but we're also, neither was the previous management group that was running it. So the reality is here is that we are getting a 91 daycare spaces. We are getting, this is going to be tough, we are getting the same rentals that we always had going in there. This year could have been, this meeting could have very easily been at the PCC. There's no reason for it not to have been. Okay. Last night, I was at the community center on Mills, and I was thankful for it. This weekend, I was on the committee for the Tour de Rock, and we did two events for the Tour de Rock there, and we did the Food Truck Festival. Also thankful for it. Both places are called the Parksville Community Center right now, which is going to be frustrating when somebody types that in the vote. It's community. We need to learn to work together, not hold grudges, be adults and find a solution for this. If we're divided, it's just gonna cause more chaos. Please put down our egos and let's come to a solution and let's help everyone as best as we can. Thank you. Thank you and thank you for the question. Some people here may know that I was very disappointed with the decision that was made to, out of the blue, cancel the, anyway, I want to speed up, but I was very disappointed with the decision that was made by Mayor and Council to repurpose the community centre, and in fact, I launched a, I requested a judicial review, which was terrifying for me to do, but I really felt that it was important to ask that and follow that. Now, unfortunately, the judge determined that it was slightly premature because they actually hadn't signed the contract, although they had received the money. But I want to go back to, if we are a community that works together, and if you want to provide daycare or have a daycare provider, wouldn't you also meet with the school board, the school trustees, groups that work directly with children to determine the very best siting and situation for providing such a service. The government was providing money, a lot of money for that. Hello again. I was working at the city when the decision was made to shut down the PCC and now that there's a lease agreement with the Boys and Girls Club, I don't think there's a lot we can do about putting the PCC Society back into that building. What I'd like to see is there's a bad relationship right now with the PCC Society, and I'd like to see that dialogue reopened up. They do have a new facility, and maybe the city can do something to assist them in the new facility. They do have additional buildings there that are not yet open, so if we could open that dialogue, maybe we can at least amend some bridges with the PCC Society. And the other one can be used for big events, the big gymnasium where the Tour de Rock was held the other day. It was great there, so... Big events could be held there, but for meeting rooms, maybe the other PCC Society buildings can be used for that. Thank you. Regardless with what happened, I think there's a lesson to be learned here, and that's that a significant action was taken without a lot of transparency and any input into the community. If there were financial issues in terms of managing this, how many of you were aware about that? So there was a few that knew that there were financial issues. The rest of you did not know. I'm sorry? There becomes the question, did, is it because people don't, did many people, did anybody know? How many of you were affected by this community center closure? Yeah. So it seems there's quite a lot of people that were, and it seems they didn't know. So maybe we need to look at improving communication between decisions that are happening bef 
before it's a done deal. We still have a lot of questions to get through, and because there's so many candidates, it's really taking a lot of time, and we really would like to address as many questions as we can. So we appreciate the passion of all the candidates, and we are trying to stick to a little bit of an agenda that's gone sideways. So we are very now limit the questions to three people. So you have to choose your answer wisely. There's just too many of you to be answering for a minute each time. We're never going to get out of here today. Okay? So the next question is actually addressed to Ed Main. This morning on CBC, you referenced the city's rapid development process you shared with the UBCM. Can you explain how thorough environmental assessments are achieved in this rapid approval process? We insist on all of the regulatory requirements by the province and by the city's requirements for environmental fulfillment. So I can tell you that in each and every case that we approve, all of the environmental requirements are completed. That's all I can tell you. We do it quickly because our staff are there to help. And this is what the speech was that I gave at the UBCM, is that we have changed the attitude of how the staff approach things. They are not there to put up a roadblock. They are there to assist the people that come for assistance, for uh, applications. We turn around our building permits in one week. Okay, that, the fastest that we found prior to that was three weeks. So we turn around development permits in under three months, which is far less than any other group. We do it because our staff are invited. We can have up to three tokens used to answer this question. So I see that you have a question. Yeah. First of all, that CBC interview that was referenced, I encourage everyone to listen to it. If it gives you a good understanding of what the two mayoral candidates have to say about housing in our community. As we look at housing in our community, it is critical that we take into consideration affordability, not just when you buy the house, but affordability throughout ownership of the house. And that also means that in a time of climate change, we need to make sure we're not putting houses in places where it's going to be impossible to insure that house or impossible to get that house rebuilt if it gets flooded out. So we have to be taking very careful consideration of how we plan the community, taking the fact that climate is changing. That means resilience, and that means affordability for how heating and insurance. Okay, the next question is addressed to Doug O'Brien. Over 640 Canadian communities have declared an environmental emergency to focus municipal decisions on addressing climate crisis and including environment in all council decisions. Would you support this motion in the Parksville Council? Thank you for that question. I just recently, through FCM, finished a climate action leadership course. I got a certificate. Soon I'll have a wall to put it on. <laughs> the thing is that what I learned in that is Declaring a climate emergency is the wrong way to go. Not that it's a wrong thing, it's a wrong terminology. Once you declare an emergency, people panic and then the barriers go up because the people that don't believe in climate change are fighting the people that do believe in climate change. So I fully support the climate action leadership taking it from planning and into implementation. We have the plans, our city staff at City Parksville took the course very similar to the one I took, and they're very capable and they're ready. We just have to take that from planning to implementation. But leave the word emergency out of there, and you'll get a lot more buy-in from the community. 
Anybody want to use a token? They're all being very selective now. <laughs> okay, the next question is, I'm going to combine two questions here because they're both about fitness in the community. So what is your position and what would you do to help along a pool and fitness center and the Bolinas track from, from six lines to eight? Hello. Mike, Hello. Both, both my daughters went through Bolinas and I have a place in my heart for the Bolinas track. I think it's something that is well past its need. It's something that you have a track meet up there, when you've got, come, you've got somebody coming up from Victoria to meet everybody. It's embarrassing and it's unsafe for the kids. It's not a safe track. As for the pool, I believe strongly it's something we need to do, but I think we need to do it from a planned perspective and make sure it goes in the right place and that it's going to not impact any neighborhood negatively or impact water or impact anything. We need to plan it better than just we're going to build a pool. Thank you. Speaking of the Bolinas track, I'm on the Bolinas track steering committee for the renewal of that track. I have been from the start. Unlike the mayor, Maine, who was on that committee to begin with, and at the very start of it, he was so fed up with them asking for money, he said, just put it out of its misery, was his comment. It's in the paper. It's fact. So the thing is, but then the Bolinas track committee asked, oh, really, do you City of Parksville councillors still want to be on the steering committee? I said, of course I do. This is a very near and dear project to my heart. So I've been actively working ever since that time, working with their fundraising and so forth. I just got a note yesterday from the track organizers saying, what can we do further? I said, we have to go to the provincial government for the Ministry of Education to provide the funding to finish that track. It's a disgrace and it's un unsafe. I was at Royal Bay down in Colwood on the weekend and they have a beautiful track, absolutely beautiful. And it was used all through the weekend by everybody. Why do we have this? Why them and not us? We're way overseas. Go out. Finally, I have something to say here. <laughs> Sport has been in my life, my whole life. My late mother would have gone to the Olympics had she not been in war. I've been involved in, and I had finally had surgery at, at uh, 18 on my knees because I was involved in every sport. Track and field was right up there. I had a questionnaire about track and field. I would support anything we would have to do to get track and field and get that Bolinas track done. Swimming, we have to have this. I've talked to many people at the door. They won't even use the pool, but they want the pool. So the pool is happening, and we've got to do it in the right place. It's got to be the right thing for all the citizens, young and old, and we'll have a healthy, happy society in Parksville because that's what we need. To be mentally well, you have to be physically well. That was my mother's motto as I grew up. So there we go. Thank you. Okay, this is the last question before closing remarks. Do you support making downtown redevelopment a priority, and how are you going to resolve the parking issue? So I've got Marilyn, Ed, and Doug. Downtown rebates, right in my bailiwick. This is what I've been pushing for a long time, so, and it's coming. One of the things that will solve can solve an awful lot of parking problems is turning some of our streets into one way and doing angle parking. We've talked to engineering. And so those are things we're working on right now. It's going to come up in the transportation plan in the, probably in the new, right in the new year, along with the OCP. And what was the other part of the question? Revitalizing downtown? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and then of course the revitalization of the downtown is, it's happening now and it's continuing. It's going to be fantastic. Some of the projects coming there, I know it's confusing right now, it's chaotic, 
but we're going to have densification and it's going to be walkable and it will be really nice. Let's let's just keep going down that road where we can positive. I agree with Marilyn. The things that downtown parking. So right away, we take Harrison Street and turn it into angle parking. Both sides of the street, we don't have to turn it into a one-way. Take Craig Street, turn it from one way from the 19A up until Jensen. Take Weld Street from Jensen down to the 19A, turn it into one way, put angle parking both sides of those streets. It now creates 160 parking spots downtown. And the best thing is we have some at the west end of town and some at the east end of town. 160 spots, angle parking. And from what I'm told, a lot of people prefer angle parking because it's way easier than parallel parking. <laughs> downtown beautification, downtown revitalization is happening from densification of the downtown core. The developers are paying to build buildings that are actually beautifying our downtown. The bonus is we're getting housing on top of those. When you have housing on top of it, those housing are eyes and ears on the street. They're actually customers for the downtown and it makes for a more livable, small town community feel. It's happening, and we're working on that, and I'm going to continue it. It's an interesting concept. The downtown, the Harrison Street, by way of example, the business association came to us and said, all those ideas are great, except that they only give you four more parking spots on that whole street. On Wall Street, it would cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars because we have to put new sidewalks and curbs on the streets on both sides. And on Craig Street, we might have a net gain of about eight parking spots in total. So that 160 gets down to less than 20 in reality. We are going to introduce, I will introduce in the new year, very early in the new year, a downtown revitalization plan that will in fact add 144 parking spots to it. It will provide six foot wide sidewalks on the old island highway so that we can put tables and umbrellas out along that street. There will be bike lanes on both sides of the street going through the downtown following parallel with the with the existing highway. We will slow down traffic. Thank you. Okay, we're gonna to go to closing remarks. Each of the candidates have one minute. Some of you may want to think about what the questions were asked. If you didn't have a chance to give an answer on that, maybe you might want to embed that in your closing remarks. We're gonna do it in reverse order. So we're gonna start with Mary Beal. Thank you very much. And thank you everyone for coming here tonight. I would just like to reiterate that I am absolutely committed to supporting a safe, active, healthy community. I'm committed to supporting a review and updating of our official community plan to guide decision-making, to long-term funding of infrastructure and renewal within the context of climate change, supporting efforts to improve access to primary health care, working constructively and collaboratively with senior levels of government, and I have good communications with both of our representatives at the moment and their authorities, tackling the issue of a lack of affordable housing, addressing homelessness and related concerns in a progressive, constructive manner, listening to and learning from the community, from council members and from staff. And just a quick note about the track, I would love to see it go to eight lanes, and I hope that it's wise for life. So I want to finish my speech from before, because you were all talking for me. Anyway, I also wanted to be very clear. I'm an independent thinker. I don't come from a political agenda or belong to anyone's camp. I will work hard for all the citizens of Parksville. I would like to congratulate all the candidates here 
who have put their names forward in this election. It takes courage, purpose, and determination to run for office. I think you'll all agree with that. Be assured that I will work with you, with any one of these candidates that you choose. A team that respects each other and works well together can accomplish more than one that doesn't. Yes, we have challenges, but they are solvable. In the advanced polls and on October 15th, no matter who you support, the most important thing is to make sure you vote. Thank you, and tell your friends. We want to get a bigger turnout this time. Thank you. Hello, Mike Kelly. Make this quick. 20-year resident of Parksville. I've been here. I've been coaching softball for 12 years. I worked at the Ocean Side Generals in the position of director, vice president, and president the year we won the whole island. I'm, I love the area. I love Parksville. I want to make something really clear, and I'm going to use this time to use it. I am dead set against the Craig Street development, the Pioneer development, and the Shelley Road development. I think we're just asking for trouble, building on a floodplain, and going after water that is coming from the Aerosmith Dam. And I don't know, I was challenged by a gentleman sitting right there to go up and have a walk and have look at the dam. I did. I suggest you all do the same thing. Thank you. I didn't think I'd be yelling at the mayor tonight. I apologize, Ed. I just didn't like the part where he said that everything I said was a lie, because it wasn't. Vote for Sean tomorrow. Advance voting is tomorrow. It's probably the easiest day to vote. Probably won't be any lineups. Get friends and family to vote. The more people that get out, the more engaged you are, the better it's going to be. Thanks for your patience tonight. It's been hot in here, and you guys have been great. Thanks very much. Vote for Sean. Thank you. We've heard about a lot of issues here tonight. But the most important one, in my opinion, is that we need your involvement. Yes, we need you to vote. But yes, we need you to be involved once council is formed. We need you to be involved with the redevelopment of our official community planning. How do you see housing going? We need to protect our green spaces. We need to protect our wetlands. And we need to decide as a community what is our vision as a community moving forward for Parksville over the next several years. One that we would be proud to leave as a legacy for the children and families and grandchildren coming forward. Thank you. So thank you all for coming out and for bearing with all of this. You have 15 people who are running for council. That's a good indication that there's a lot of people who are excited and interested and want to make some changes. We need you all to come out and vote to make those changes happen. We need you all to be involved and get involved after election day. I feel like there's going to be some good changes moving forward with whatever happens uh, after October 15th, but you need to stay involved and engaged. Thank you. Half my time is gone, so I'm going to leave out the first part because I said it in, in the opening. So I'll just say, I reside, vote, have a business, and I pay taxes in Parksville. I'm invested in our community. My responsibility is to make decisions that represent the best interest of Parksville residents and businesses and the people who live and work here. I'm proud to be a council member with the city of Parksville and to work with talented staff and progressive council. We have accomplished a great deal these past four years. Take the time to read the city's annual report for a factual, comprehensive summary to understand how successfully our city is currently running. 
I will not make promises that I know I cannot fulfill in my role as a counselor, but be assured that you can count on me to always give you my best. Vote for me, Marilyn Wilson, on the 5th, the 12th, or at least on the 15th. Thanks so much for coming. What's the secret to a great relationship? The answer is communication. No, I'm not providing marriage advice. <laughs> for the past 20 years, I've been working in a marketing company, and marketing is all about effective communication. City Hall can do a better job of communicating. I think we've seen that tonight. We have a wealth, but communication is more than just talking, it's also listening, and we have a wealth of experience and expertise and understanding and wisdom in this community. We need to tap that resource. As your fresh voice on council, I will make it a priority to put my communication expertise to work for you. Here are some ways. Support the proposal of hosting regular Parksville Town Halls. Modernize the digital communication tools and approach at City Hall. Establish a citizens panel to provide advice and insight, and continue to use videos like I've been doing this campaign to tell you what I'm doing on your behalf. On October 15th, vote to continue this conversation. I'm Joel Grenz. Thanks for your time. Thank you, folks. I totally see how much you care, and I hope you see how much I care about our community. That's why on my signs, you'll always see putting our community first. I want to serve as a member of council who listens to the residents of Parksville. Let's work together. We are a beautiful seaside community, and we can work together to preserve their beauty and charm that attracts tourists year after year, and people from different parts of Canada to live here. This helps the businesses flourish and a good community feel to the people who really enjoy this place and call it home. This is my vision for Parksville. At Parksville, there is beautiful, accessible, inclusive, and the most desirable place to live, work, and play. I know I have a big plans for the small city, so I need your support. Work for a week Thank you. Tonight, I have shared some of my vision and priorities in the hope of convincing you to vote for myself, Doug O'Brien, as the new mayor of Parksville. I will work hard for you and do my best to be transparent and accountable for my decisions and to work with council to develop a better Parksville for all of us. I love the city. You wouldn't be here if you didn't love it as well. Thank you for your support. I do. Can I get everybody to stand up? <laughs> my butt got sore. <laughs> I know, took 10 seconds or so, but we need that enthusiasm. We need that exercise. We need that recreation being able to breathe and everything as well. I love this community. You're welcome to sit down and that or do some jumping jacks and everything. If you didn't get my little rap card, I believe they're just out front and that I ask you to call or email, or text me, whatever, with your two questions. I will get back to you. It says what I believe in, but this is a great group of people that are out at this table, hey? The only thing that I actually have to say, and that is that I live in this community. I bought a house in this community. I've been here 24 years. So I also think that if you're running for council, you should live here. 
Tori, I gotta be quick because this was supposed to be two minutes. I worked for 18 years serving city councils and I've gained a great deal of experience on the role of council. My experiences at the council table have shown me that a good councillor will have all of these traits and qualities among many others. They'll be diplomatic, collaborative, strategic, community-minded, honest and integrity, open-minded, and a good team player. I thrive in the group decision-making process at the city's boardroom table, and it was because I believe I possess these traits and qualities. A council table is made up of seven individuals, and working well together is key to their success. Every person will bring different backgrounds and experiences to the table, and they must be able to put personal biases aside and work for the greater good of the community. I truly believe I would be an asset to the council team as it tackles all these issues before it. I'd be honored if I could bring my knowledge and experience to the council table to achieve your goals for the city. Thank you for your time. I know this has been a long, hot night here, and hopefully it was worth your while. My vision for Parksville has not changed over the last four years. I am still focused on the five objectives that you provided us back in 2019. By focusing on and understanding your core objectives, I have never found it necessary to change or second-guess council's decisions. You shouldn't become a mayor just because you want to sit in the big chair. You need to have the ability and knowledge of governance of the city in support of the council. You need to have a vision of the city and where you want to take it. I have that knowledge and I've had the support during the, of the last four years of this council. That does not mean that everyone votes the way I do. It means they respect my leadership. You do not see the bickering and infighting that were prevalent in the surrounding communities. We had healthy debate. The joys are going first, I get to go last, so that's nice. We need strong leadership, so when we fall off track, like this, we have people to catch us. I will go to bat for every one of you. I will sit there and find time to talk to you. We need community, we need to work together. And that's what I will promise you. You will be able to have a frank conversation with me where we can look at the issues and work out a plan. I can work with any one of these amazing people up here, and that's what I'll do. Cohesion. Parks is beautiful. Let's keep it that way. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming out tonight. That's this edition of PQ Beat. If you have comments or suggestions, we'd like to hear from you. You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com.